When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the latest episode of Fish Bites, the Miami Herald's Miami Marlins podcast. I'm Jordan McPherson, and I'm finally back in South Florida after 12 days on the road covering the Marlins' last road trip. San Francisco, Denver, Anaheim, four days in each. A long trip, a busy trip. And considering how it started, what the Marlins did to close out the trip, they're justifying this as a successful trip. When we last spoke a week ago, the Marlins were 1-3. They lost... Two of three games against the San Francisco Giants, and they dropped their opener against the Colorado Rockies. They ended up finishing the trip at even 500, five wins, five losses, uh, one and two against San Fran, one and three against Denver, and then a perfect three-game sweep against the Los Angeles Angels over the weekend. And again, considering they started one and three, to go five and five and stay two games above 500, 28 and 26 on the season that's the best the Marlins could have asked for with where things stood beginning three really clutch wins against an Angels team that has been hot there. Also there right now, 29 and 26. And again, they've got the studs in Mike Trout and Shohei Otani. So how do you sum up this trip as a whole? Uh, a few quick thoughts for me. I wrote a bunch of this on that and went online Sunday, Monday, but just to recap a few of my thoughts from what the Marlins were able to do on this road trip. The offense finally got going, and that's one of the biggest things that this team needed. Over the 10 games, they recorded 105 hits. That's 10 and a half per game. They set a franchise record with six consecutive games with at least 11 hits. They're in the top 10 in MLB in batting average. They're hovering around the middle of the league in slug and OPS. So the first steps, getting guys on base, they're getting there. The runs, the runs scored per game, and again, that slug, that's still a work in progress. Again, despite averaging more than 10 hits per game on the trip, Miami only scored 45 runs. The 4.5 runs per game average, it's nearly a run per game improvement over the 3.6 runs per game that they had heading into the road trip. But it could have been so much more. They only went 24 for 97 with runners in scoring position, 247 average. They left 82 guys on base, and they hit into 15 double plays. There was a lot more for the taking, and that's, those clutch hits really cost them in the Rocky series in particular. The first two games that they lost, they went, I believe it was combined two for 19 with runners in scoring position. They left 18 or 19 guys on base. You can't do that, especially in a place like Coors Field. But you're starting to see the foundation. Like I said, a lot of guys started stepping up. And one of those guys, Jorge freaking Soler, man, uh, home runs in six of 10 games. He had those stretch of five consecutive games with at least one home run that matches the lar- longest streak in MLB this year. Uh, it's second in Marlins history beyond behind just John Carlos Stanton's run of six straight games with a home run that he had in that 2017 season when he slugged 59 homers. Uh, Solaire's up to 17 home runs on the season. It's tied for second in MLB and he's done it in 52 games. He's already surpassed what he did all of last year. 
uh, only had 13 home runs in 72 games last year before being sidelined by the back and groin injuries. And what we're seeing from Jorge Soler right now, this is what the Marlins envisioned when they signed him the offseason ahead of the 2022 season. A guy who could mash home runs and with one swing of the back end, just instantly change a game. The Marlins wanted that. Again, they signed him for that $12 million deal last year with options for $15 million this year, $9 million next year. If he's able to keep doing this, he's very likely, he's working his way into all-star game consideration. I would assume a home run derby invite's going to be coming his way. And most importantly, he's giving the Marlins that power, the middle of the order that they need for a lineup that has been highly constructed for contact, to be contact-oriented. I mean, with guys like Luis Arise, who's still hitting around the 370 mark, and guys like Yuli Gurriel, who had a really good road trip, hit 481, 13 for 27, a double, two triples, four walks, and struck out just three times. Skip Schumacher needs to continue to find ways to get Yuli Gurriel into this lineup. And I know that they're struggling trying to find that balance between playing all three of Jorge Soler, Garrett Cooper, and Yuli Gurriel at the same time. Jorge Soler has mostly been the DH. Gurriel's mostly only been getting starts at first when Cooper isn't in the lineup. They're both righties. But with Yuli having a really good road trip and Cooper, who had a couple clutch home runs and a clutch ball in play that led to an error that ended up being an error, but got the ball in play to start that four-run 10th inning on Saturday. Uh, outside of a couple clutch hits, Cooper had a Cooper really struggled on the road trip. So maybe this opens up a path to get Yuli in the field more. We'll see. But again, Yuli Gurriel has been great both on the field and just a clubhouse presence, both him and Jorge Soler. His teammate uh, teammates have raved about how having both of them has helped the team as a whole in terms of their routine, their personality, their makeup, and just what they are willing to do to help the team get better. Uh, on the pitching side, Braxton Garrett probably impressed me the most out of everyone in the rotation throughout in his two starts. Six and a third shutout innings against the Giants in the Marlins 1-0 win. In San Fran, the only win they got in San Francisco. And then he held the Rockies to two runs over five innings in his start out there. Uh, overall, Marlins pitching, four, Marlins starting pitching, a 4.00 ERA, 24 earned runs over 54 innings. Not fantastic, but considering where the Marlins rotation has been this year, it's actually a step in the right direction. And nine of the 10 games, the Marlins got at least five innings from their pitchers. They got three total quality starts, at least six innings, no more than three earned runs. One apiece from Braxton Garrett, one from Sandy, and one from Edward Cabrera. Going to talk a little bit more about Yuri Perez later on. We'll get to him in a bit and a little bit more in depth. And then on the flip side of the pitching situation, Bullpen got a well-deserved day off on Monday. Again, 54, only 54 innings out of about a, about 100 or in the mid-90s covered by the rotation. So the Penn still had to pick up close to 40 innings. And the Marlins somehow managed to make it through the entire trip and this entire 13-day stretch. Remember, they had three games against the Nationals before this as well without an off day, nearly two full weeks, without having to make a move with their relief core. Andrew already pitched in six games. Tanner Scott, five, including three consecutive, including a set of back-to-back-to-backs. 
Stephen Oker, five, including two back-to-backs. Dylan Floro, four games, including three straight at one point. JT Chargois, who, again, is just coming back off of injury, five of the ten games. Matt Barnes and Brian Hoeing, four games each. Hoeing's were all four days in a row. Granted, one of the games he only threw one pitch, but still had to go through the warm-up process and getting up and getting hot and getting ready. And for a guy who's been a starter his entire career, that was new for him. And then Huascar Brazabon, three. And because so many of these games were close, the majority of the innings pitched by the rotation were high leverage. So a good job by the bullpen overall. There were some rocky spots, yes, but when they're being used as much as they have been, that's almost inevitable and asked and expected at this point. For the most part, they held they held themselves, they held their own, especially in that series in Anaheim. And one last guy who I need to shout out before moving on to the second half of the episode, Jonathan Davis. I mean, just the week that he's had, the Marlins traded for him on Monday, uh, sending minor league outfielder prospect Brady Allen to the Detroit Tigers. He's a center fielder. He's been somewhat of a journeyman, 10th year in pro ball, 171 MLB games before this, sub 200 batting average, sub 550 OPS, was brought in to basically hold down center field until Jazz Chisholm Jr. is back and ready to go. Really, the expectations were play defense and don't, and honestly, just don't look extremely bad on offense. His first two games, he gets six hits. Over the course of the entire road trip, scores six runs, hit a home run, drew a few walks, had some good, some clutch plate appearances, and really stepped up overall. Overall was a 364 batting average, eight for 22. Six of those eight hits came in the first two games. And it was back-to-back three-hit games after never having a three-hit game over any of his first 171 big league games. It's a great story. Uh, he found out he was being traded actually when he was getting a haircut on Monday after uh, after the Toledo Mudhens just finished a road trip that was out in Omaha. Had a 12-hour bus ride back and were able to. He got home, played played around the golf, and then. Got a hair, was getting a haircut and got a call from the Tigers president of baseball operation going, yeah, we think we're trading you. And then shows up with the Marlins a day later. And then a day after that, got into the starting lineup and hasn't left. So it's a good story for him. We'll see how the story continues over at least the next couple weeks. But yeah, a very good start for Jonathan Davis here. And then the one guy who we're going to be keeping an eye on all season, Ari Perez. Marlins top prospect, the number a consensus top five prospect in all of baseball. Again, the Marlins are still being extremely cautious with him. He threw four, he made it into the into the fifth inning against Colorado, and then threw five shutout innings against the Angels on Sunday to help set up the 2-0 shutout victory for the Marlins. And it wasn't just a shutout performance. He struck out Shelly Otani once. He struck out Mike Trout once, and. He was amped up for that performance. Uh, he met, got to meet Shohei Otani last year when the two of them were both out in LA for all-star game festivities. Uh, they are both part of the same agency, CAA. And when he saw Shohei Otani walk into the party that CAA was holding in LA during the all-star break, he looked at himself and what he thought to himself, man, I have to get a picture with this guy. Who knows when I'm going to get to see him, when I'm going to get to face him. It took Gary 10 months from that from that party to be able to face him. Uh, got the strikeout the first inning. Uh, Shohei has single the second time around. But overall, just 
the poise and maturity that we're seeing from a kid who, again, is 20 years, one month and 15 days old is just inspiring and jaw dropping to see. And I actually talked with Yuri in Colorado on Thursday, the last day they were in Colorado before his start in Anaheim, just about how he's handling everything that's going on, how he's living in the moment and finding a balance between being almost carefree and also knowing the importance of doing what he can to show the Marlins that he can and he deserves to be here long term. Here's that interview with a great assist from Marlins PR staff member and team interpreter Louis Durante Jr. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. The main thing I want to talk with you about is your routine between starts, especially now that it's four days versus five days like it was in the minors. Just how have you approached that since you got up here and what is a typical routine for you from for your days in between starts tú quieres saber un poco más de lo que es la rutina de tu preparación de lo que tú estás haciendo hoy en día aquí en este nivel ¿me entiendes? estás pichando cada cuatro días normalmente estás antes pichando cada cinco días o sea qué cambio has hecho en tu rutina o cómo haces para prepararte para hacer esos ajustes para, para mantenerte en este nivel ah no yo cuando cuando termino de lanzar el otro día no 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 tiro Uh, solo hago gimnasio, corro mucho y nada, en la semana después uh, trato de, de lanzar un poco a 90 pies eh, nada, y manteniendo el brazo que, que descanse para el día de juego y manteniendo la salud y tratando de hacer mi cosa ahí en el, el tenis rojo que me den mi, mi, mi masaje, me ponga mi, mi cosa para pa calmar el, el dolor del brazo y, y que se relaje el brazo no, it's just like a, this, it's a big lead routine right now, you know, that I have to like, after I pitch, I don't, I don't, I don't use my arm next day at all. I just do some, uh, I'll go to the weight room, do some uh, leg work. Uh, after that, then I do my 90 feet, uh, worked out on the third day, um, and, and continue doing some uh, uh, care in the training room, you know, the same routine to relax the arm, get it healthy, and prepare for the next start. And you feel like you've adjusted well to that? I know it's only been a few starts in. Do you feel like you've adjusted to having the one last day so far? ¿Y tú crees que te has sentido que te has ajustado bien a tener ese, ese día menos eh, para prepararte? Eh, ¿Qué otra cosa has hecho, por ejemplo, en estudios y vaina para prepararte con los jugadores? Uh, sí, sí, estoy, estoy cogiéndolo. Ya me estoy acostumbrando un poco. Eh, me siento bien por ahora. Eh, nada, antes de los juegos yo trato de ver algunos algunos videos de los muchachos y de, de ver cuáles son los picheos que, que ellos no, no, no les favorecen y eso y cuál es la debilidad de ellos y también trato de hablar con él, el pichincó y que él me diga también qué él piensa y, y ahí tratamos de, de combinar un poquito Yeah, it's something, it's just a routine getting, getting used to, uh, to doing what I have to do I also 
Um, I'm building on my routine, uh, uh, you know, the watching videos uh, against the team I'm going to face, like where are their weaknesses, go over with Mel about how to get those outs or, or, or get ahead on, uh, on some of the hitters that, that we're going to be facing on that, that, that day. And just overall, what have these last couple of weeks been like for you, just being up here to three starts in, just how are you staying, living in the moment while you're going through the start of your Bakley career as young as you are? Y cómo ha sido ese par de semanas, ¿me entiendes? ¿Me entiendes? De, de mantenerte aquí en el momento. De, a pesar de ya tienes tres salidas, pero te mantienes en el momento de, de tus salidas aquí en el Ah, increíble. Eh, tratando de, de pertenecer aquí al equipo, de que no haga una vuelta atrás, sino de quedarme aquí y seguir compitiendo, seguir haciendo un buen trabajo y mantenerme en salud, que es lo primero. Eh, no, me siento bien, me, me estoy acomodando aquí, tratando de, de, de tener más confianza, de salir allá afuera con más confianza, de relajarme un poquito y nada, y disfrutar del juego solamente. Nah, just uh, it's been incredible. I think it just uh, I don't want anything, any setbacks. I want to stay here, up here, competing with all my teammates and, and, and helping the team. Uh, been working uh, really hard um, out there, competing and trying to get better and and, and, and getting better with. Um, with my confidence as well. That's the thing. That's what's it. How much how much fun are you having? Muy muy divertido. Es un sueño logrado. Entonces cada momento, cada oportunidad me divierto, lo disfruto al máximo. Y nada, y trato de que siempre sea así y que dar lo mejor de mí allá afuera. It's been a lot of fun. You know, every time I go out there, that's what I try to do. Uh, I don't want uh, that to change. And every time I go out there, I give everything I got. And uh, with two of your pitches specifically, your fastball first, how do you generate so much spin on it? What is it about your release or your grip that lets you get so much spin on that pitch? crea tanta rotación a la recta, o sea, es una forma en que lo agarra, como la suelta, ¿cómo creas eso? Sí, desde eh, de, de pequeño he tenido una buena soltura, desde el brazo, desde eh, que llegué aquí a los Marlins, esa fue una de las cosas que hicieron para pa yo poder estar aquí, pertenecer a, a la organización. Eh, nada, eso es, yo creo que la acción de brazo mía y la forma de yo soltar la bola es algo natural en verdad. Yeah, it's been something that my, uh, my release has always been like that uh, since I started uh, throwing the ball. Uh, and, and they capitalized that when I got here with the Marlins. Uh, but I will say it's just a, 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 the way I throw it in a, when I release it. It's just a matter of my arms. And then your changeup, it was really good pitch for you last year. I know you haven't used it as much since you got up here. Is that just a matter of the game plan, or is it something you want to hopefully start incorporating more as you continue continue up here? Y el cambio es algo que siempre se ha, ha sido muy notable de, de, de tu repertorio. Eh, no lo has usado tanto aquí arriba. Es algo parte del plan, o es algo que estás guardando para pa, pa usar después. No, no, tratando de coger la confianza eh, con la nueva bola y eso, y 
nada, eh, vamos a seguir tirándolo, vamos a tratar de seguir tirándolo, porque es uno de los mejores picheos que tengo. So, tratando de coger, de volver a coger la confianza aquí arriba, eh, nada, y para la próxima vamos a tirarlo más. You know, I'm trying to get that confidence with these new baseballs too. Mm -hmm. Like, uh, um, but uh, I need to continue practicing and, and get that confidence so I can use it more in the games. And with that, thank you again to Iri Perez and thank you to Louis Durante Jr. for helping with that interview. And we'll see what happens next. Your next start is going to be today's Tuesday, when Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday against the Oakland Athletics. It's gonna be a great series. Marlins are gonna be throwing. Cabrera, Cabrera, Yuri, and Sandy in that series. Speaking of this home stand ahead, Marlins really need to capitalize here. They've got nine straight games, all against the Padres, the Oak, Oakland Athletics, and the Kansas City Royals. Combined, they have a 318 win percentage entering the series. The uh, Oakland only has 11 wins, Kansas City 17 wins. The Padres are hovering closer to 500, but still it's been a very down year for a team that a lot of people, myself included, picked to make it to the World Series and win the World Series. So rough start for the Padres. Marlins face them Tuesday through Thursday. Then they face Oakland Friday through Sunday. And then they face Kansas City Monday to Wednesday to wrap up this road trip. They need to capitalize here. Ideally, at minimum, six and three would be what you would think would be a very a good home stand on this front. And if you can, they can get more, it'd be great. Again, they're two games over 500. They're second in the NL East. If they can try to create some separation between them and the Mets below them and possibly start catching up to the Braves above them, it'd be very good for them as they enter June. And another positive, they could be getting some reinforcements on the way. Outfielder Jesus Sanchez played three games of rehab assignment with AAA Jacksonville. Obviously, Garcia started one on Monday. Left-handed pitcher Trevor Rogers is expected to begin a bolt, uh, rehab assignment with single-A Jupiter this week. And closer A.J. Puck through a bullpen session on Saturday. And the Marlins said either the next step is sending him out to a rehab assignment or potentially just straight-up activating him and bringing him back to the roster, which would give a little bit of relief to that bullpen. It's going to be an interesting week and a half on this homestand. We'll be covering it all the way. And with that, that's going to wrap up this week's episode of Fish Bites. Thanks so much, as always, for tuning in. Uh, we'll be back next week with an update from the midway point of this homestand and to wrap, wrap up and summarize the first two months of the season. Thanks so much, everyone. We'll be back next week.